every celebrity, their thought on Thursday and Friday would be, how do we skip the game? <laughs> Beckham just flipped that on his head. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball, daily. Now then, you're very welcome back. So very happy to say Mr. Gavin Casey of the 42 is with us. Good evening. Good evening, Joe. Did I hear yourself, Richie and Mick, whinging about boxing again before the break? This noble pursuit, this sport of gentlemen. It's really in ruins at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it feels that way. I often think there's probably eight or nine good news stories in boxing for every one really bad one. But the really bad ones are the ones that tend to capture really widespread or mainstream attention because they tend to be like flagrantly bad. Yeah. And we've got a couple that you guys were talking about beforehand, for sure. Well, let's start with the news of the day then. So Conor Benn versus Chris Eubank Jr., uh, son of Nigel Benn and Eubank Sr., of course, uh, recreating those uh, two fights from the 90s due to fight O2 Arena in London Saturday. I think the fight sold pretty well and, and caught the imagination as, as, as much as we kind of, or they might have hoped it would. And then this morning, the fight is rocked by the news of an adverse drugs test uh, clomiphene is the substance, a female fertility drug which can boost testosterone and increase muscle mass and is very much on WADA's prohibited substance list. So Conor Ben, uh, positive for trace amounts in uh, September. I'm reading September 23rd, but I don't know the exact date, but certainly sometime around September. Uh, his sample A is positive for trace amounts of this substance. For some reason, I have not managed to find the reason as to why, but there's been no sample B test uh, therefore, apparently, there's no violation. And the other thing, and then you can give us uh, some more meat in the bone, this was a, a VADA test, a voluntary anti-doping association. Fighters negotiate on various aspects in advance of a fight, including, well, how do we make sure you're not in drugs and I'm not in drugs? And so they voluntarily have uh, tests. So this was a voluntary uh, test done by the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association, whereas the British Boxing Board of Control very much rely on UCAD testing and uh, all concerned at pains to say today that all the UCAD uh, tests have been uh, passed. That said, the British Board of Boxing and Control still said, even though we can't suspend Ben because this was uh, a valid test and no sample be uh, tested, even though we can't suspend him and there's no official violation, we prohibit this fight going ahead. It is prohibited from going ahead. So naturally enough, it's going ahead, it seems. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot in it. I suppose, <clears throat> excuse me, to begin with the B sample and to, I was going to say clear it up. It doesn't clear it up in any way, but to stress that there is no answer to that question at the moment as to why it hasn't been tested yet. And I've heard suggestions that the A sample may have produced adverse findings in late August even or early September uh, that will all I'm sure be clarified but as to why there has been a delay of the B sample I've seen a video uh, of Eddie Hearn being asked about that straight up on the YouTube channel ID Boxing Rob Tebbett, Rob Tebbett the uh, British boxing YouTuber asking him and Hearn just sidesteps the question and says all will be revealed ostensibly so which is um, outrageous by the way isn't it it is pretty outrageous in the sense that you're B sample, like the B sample can clear all of this up. Now, the reality is with a B sample, Joe, as far as my understanding goes, is that really it's just the same sample poured into a different jar. And it's the, um, I guess the purpose of it is to prove beyond reasonable doubt that what is in the A sample was in your system and wasn't uh, contracted via contamination 
during the, the pouring of the substances yes. or whatever. So and generally down the years, the B sample tends to validate the A sample. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can cling to it all you want, but in reality, uh, it's very likely that the B sample will produce the exact same results as the A sample did. The thing is the B sample is part of due process here, whereby uh, technically you're innocent until proven guilty, I suppose, and only the B sample can properly rubber stamp your guilt. And while there is this uh, supposed ambiguity around it, uh, there may be cause, at least as far as the promoter would see it, as far as Conor Ben would see it, to proceed with the fight as scheduled. Uh, you outlined there very well that the British Boxing Board of Control use UCAD, the UK Anti-Doping Agency, to conduct their tests of fighters who hold British licenses. Uh, because Conor Ben has passed those UCAD tests, the British Boxing Board of Control don't have the authority to revoke his license or suspend his license. Uh, the VADA thing is entirely separate. VADA don't hand down um, suspensions. They merely produce results. Mm. So there are caveats that Ben can point towards, that Hearn can point towards, that just about keep the show on the road. Yeah. The British Boxing Border Control's actual control over this event is also somewhat tenuous, as it tends to be, in the sense that, yes, they are the um, administrators of the licenses that both fighters, fighters hold, and they can prohibit the fight from taking place under their authority or their supervision, whatever way you want to mm. put it. But ultimately, as we saw in 2012, with David Hay and Derek Chisora, who were suspended by the British Boxing Border Control after a ball at a press conference, you can simply ring up the Luxembourg Boxing Federation or some boxing federation from a smaller nation who may be willing to grant you a license, okay. and you can just go ahead, go right ahead and fight for it. This is the never-ending wild, wild west of professional boxing. So um, Conor Ben, we should say, has denied any wrongdoing. I have a clip of him here, which we'll play you now. So there was an open workout in London earlier this afternoon after all this controversy blew up and he insisted that both he and we should say Chris Eubank Jr. are dead set on the fight going ahead. Have a listen. Well, listen, yeah, I wanted to say this personally. Um, you know, obviously you guys have, have read what the, the Daily Mail published about me today and I wanted to, you guys to hear it from me personally rather than reading it in a statement from me and my team. I've not committed any violations. I've not been suspended. So as far as I'm concerned, the fight is still going ahead. Uh, I've spoken to Chris personally, and we both want the fight to go ahead. We've both taken medical and legal advice, and as I said, we want the fight to happen for the fans. You know, I've signed up to every voluntary anti-doping testing there is under the sun. Throughout my whole career, I'm tested. Um, you know, all my UK tests have come back negative throughout my whole career. I've never had any issues before. Even in the lead up to this fight, my tests have come up negative. Um, you know, so my team will find out as to why there's been an initial adverse finding in my, in my test. Um, but as I said, um, as far as I'm concerned, the fight is still going ahead. Um, I'm a clean athlete and we'll get to the bottom of this. So I just want to thank everyone for their continued support and um, I'll see you all on Saturday. Um, just one more question on, on the conversation with Chris Eubank. Did you reach out to him this morning? How was that conversation? He, he fully believes. Um, you know, he believes in me. Um, and, you know, it's not who I am. It's not what I'm about. You know, I'm a professional athlete. And, um, you know, he was understanding. So as far as you're concerned, open we both want the We both want the fight to go ahead. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the fight is going ahead. So that's Conor Ben today. Now, at the risk of being a touch to Machiavellian, you could read into the exact meaning of his statements there and still raise an eyebrow. He said things like, I haven't committed any violations, which he hasn't. I haven't been suspended, which he hasn't. I'm a clean athlete, 
which could mean, well, I haven't been found guilty of anything, so I am a clean athlete. My tests have all been negative. I mean, so have Lance Armstrong's. So he hasn't actually said there, I did not take clomiphene. Now, again, he's pretty clear in his broader meaning. He's saying I've done nothing wrong here. But if you were to be a touch uh, cynical about the whole thing, he didn't actually ever say I did not take clomiphene at any stage. But uh, regardless, I might just give you a sense of Eddie Hearn then. So um, promoter, uh, superstar all in his own right. He's been uh, working with both camps, obviously, to make this fight happen. So this was Eddie Hearn when he was talking to the press as well this afternoon. It's been going on behind the scenes, obviously. We we saw the Daily Mail article this morning. Um, I think we've just seen the British Boxing Border Control statement, which is you know pretty straightforward, and it's with the lawyers going backwards and forwards right now. Both guys signed up to a multitude of testing for this fight. The UCAD testing, which is obviously the testing agency that the British Boxing Border Control use and are governed by, have all been clear and negative, and there was an adverse finding on uh, VADA test previously. So there's not been an official doping violation. There's a process that has to be gone through. Conor Benny's not suspended by the British Boxing Border Control. Ultimately, he can't be because he's passed all the, the tests from UCAD. But clearly, the British Boxing Border Control will take a position on it. Um, we'll deal with the lawyers. Both camps have been made aware, of course, previously to the, the article coming out about the situation. And both camps prepared to progress with the fight. But ultimately, the conversations have to be had with the lawyers and the teams and the British Boxing Border Control. Have you spoken to, to Connor this morning? And when will we likely to, to hear from him, do you think? You'll see him here. I mean, look, it's a very difficult situation from him, obviously. You know, we've seen previously people make their mind up before any news or information or, or uh, evidence comes out. So it's a very difficult time for him. He'll be in here, you know, going through the process. And it's a difficult time for everyone. Chris Eubank. You know, anyone's going to feel sorry for us, but you know we've put a lot of work into this show, and we'll see what happens from here. But you know, uh, like I said, from from Eubank's side, from Conor Ben's side, they feel the fight should progress. He's not suspended by the British Boxing Board of Control, but ultimately they're the governing body, and we will have to have conversations with them through the lawyers and 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 to see where this process ends. I know you've got an exceptional working relationship with the Sourlands, um, and I know your lines of communication would have been positive this morning, but is there any chance that this has any implications for the contracted weight on Friday, the rehydration clause, or, or any, any of the stipulations under which this fight was agreed? Saturday yeah, night? maybe. I don't think really that's the talking point at the moment. The talking point is to get everybody comfortable with the position. You know, this is not Wasserman and Eubank just went, yeah, we'll just crack on. This is, they've, they've examined the adverse findings. They've had medical advice from experts regarding these trace findings in these and, and are prepared on the basis of, you know, Calla will talk further on, on that finding to proceed with the bout. So everybody's comfortable with what they've seen from, from that side. So obviously the board, as of now, aren't comfortable with that and we respect that and we'll go through the process with them to ultimately see where, where that lands. So, and because it's important to be fair to everybody here. So he mentioned uh, Carlos Sutherland, Sarland there, who represents Eubank Jr., uh, the other promoter. And what he said to TalkSport earlier on, Gav, was uh, has it, as in the taking of this uh, substance one way or another, has it been done as a performance enhancing drug? He said no. And that's the, that is the medical opinion that we have had. So the Eubank camp have had the medical opinion that this hasn't been done as a performance enhancing drug, which presumably is why they're happy to proceed. 
Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> I'd imagine that is exactly what they're happy to proceed. I also think that uh, it would be naive not to point out that Chris Eubank and people around him stand to make a lot of money from this fight. And if they pull the plug in it, they won't make that money. That is the reality of the situation from their point of view. And if Eubank is as confident about the fight as he has appeared to be and sounded to be over the last few weeks and months, maybe he feels as though whether or not uh, Ben ingested this intentionally, he's going to win anyway. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. There is a massive size discrepancy between the two fighters as we've outlined in the past. But just going back to what Conor Ben was saying about not breaking regulations, uh, not being suspended. The only reason why he hasn't been found to break regulations is because VADA don't have regulations. Uh, the only reason he hasn't been suspended is because VADA don't issue suspensions. He says he, something along the lines of, I've passed all my tests. You didn't. You failed one. And then Eddie Hearn uh, makes the point that people can be very quick to jump on somebody in a situation like this before the evidence comes out. The evidence is in a jar that VADA have actually studied. You paid them 30 grand to uh, supervise this fight from an anti-doping perspective, and they have done that. They've produced the results. That is the evidence. It's actually rarely clearer than what they have produced. What I would say is that, uh, to be fair to everybody, Conor Ben is entitled to due process, just as every athlete would be in this situation. The thing is, to my mind, and to the mind of a lot of people, they shouldn't be allowed to compete while that due process actually takes place, because there are people's health at stake it's not uh you know this isn't mickey mouse stuff like mm. it's people punching each other in the head Conor mm. ben can hit people pretty hard uh, chris eubank is a pretty tough guy but equally he is going to have to dehydrate himself to make weight 157 pounds south of middleweight where he typically campaigns and he hasn't even made middleweight uh, a huge number of times over the course of his career being dehydrated in that situation leaves you more susceptible to brain injury. Uh, zoom out a little bit. Both of these guys' fathers, very tragically in the ring, inflicted irreparable physical damage on opponents. Uh, Chris Eubank to Michael Watson and Nigel Ben to Gerald McClellan. This is high-stakes stuff. So what I would suggest is that B-Sample should absolutely be uh, scrutinized to within an inch of its life before anything like this should be allowed to take place. But of course... Uh, because this is professional boxing, there's nobody who can actually tell them they can't do this. Yeah. Like You can't actually prevent them from doing it if they wish to go ahead with it. Yeah. And to be fair to Eubank and to Callie Sarland, if they've gotten medical advice that would suggest that it wasn't taken with the intention of uh, improving Ben's athletic performance, maybe that's cause enough for them to do it. My issue is with the other side of it, which is that well, uh, you never expect people in boxing, at least at this level, to do the right thing necessarily. But to put the fight on at this point is the wrong thing. Like, it sends an awful message across the entire sport. Eddie Hearn paid, like, Matron paid Vada. It costs about 30 grand to uh, put testing in place for the entirety of a build-up of fight and the fight itself. What's the point in actually paying that money or in employing Vada? If they come back with the results that you've requested, by dint of the fact that you hired them, and you just say, oh, well, those results don't really matter, actually. And, a, that, and that the B sample hasn't been tested. Like, so we're paying you to test us. The A sample is a positive, and the B sample still hasn't been tested by mm. the people we're paying. And, you know, if there's an adverse find that B sample, we all lose a lot of money. I mean, they, it, it, everything about this at the moment just looks like these various vested interests uh, are just riding roughshod overall sense of what's proper here. And money will be made and we'll forget about this in two weeks and that's boxing.
that is boxing though but that is the reality of it uh, and like it's it's hilarious I, I saw a clip surface online of Eddie Hearn speaking about one of his fighters opponents in the past who failed VADA testing and he says actually exactly what we were saying now but the shoe is on the other foot um, right so yeah it's uh, it's just one of those situations where as, exactly as you say Joe like vested interests will probably trump uh, sanity or morality and that is often the case in professional boxing it, it, it has ever been thus in fairness this was an industry created by uh, capitalists and even mafi- mafiosa types with the sole intention of being able to do whatever they wanted at all times and there are no safeguards in place to really um, stop something like this from happening I've been on with you guys in the past I'm pretty sure talking about Daniel Kinnan's infiltration of the sport same thing mm-hmm. Like, this is an infrastructural problem that goes back to the 1920s and 1930s. This is exactly how professional boxing was supposed to operate. And it has never changed. And I don't know, maybe it's only through conversations like this one, but also conversations all around the sporting world today that it might do one day. Mm. What channel is this on? On, uh, It's on the streaming platform DAZN, but it's on pay-per-view, which again... um, would be an indication of why it's so important from the promotional perspective that the fight does take it, place. I might tune in just to watch the pre-fight conversation about this issue. I think it'll be uh, enlightening. Um, before you go, so I, I'm signing up to your charter that we don't have to mention Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua until the fight's on because honestly, yeah, they'll make fools of us all. But we did speak to you on the day that Umar Kremlev was uh, very much voted in emphatically as the main man at the International Boxing Association the International Olympic Committee have no faith in Kremlev's leadership. He is very much a Putin ally. Gazprom, the biggest sponsors of the International Boxing Association now. Uh, it's, in all probability, boxing won't be at the LA Games in 2028. And today, just to, I don't know, uh, make the thing all the more ridiculous, uh, Russian and Belarusian athletes very much welcomed back into the fold and fighting under their flag and Ukrainian athletes uh, suspended recently so I mean this is this is the bigger story in many ways and this situation is just in absolute ruins Yeah I think it's pretty transparent what is going on and anybody who heard Mick uh, McCarthy speaking about it before the break probably got a a good sense of it like it is purely geopolitical I would say um, fairly brazenly geopolitical. The suspension on Ukrainian fighters to my knowledge has been lifted and i think that was probably done in order to uh, open the door to all flags again and to all athletes and well look if we're saying that the athletes shouldn't have to suffer for whatever is going on in the background then that should equally apply to russians and belarusians and i did see a, an eba statement last night uh, which indicated that the ukrainians would be allowed to fight under their flag they would be allowed to stand for their anthem in the event that they win a medal at major tournaments um, the suspension of the Ukrainian Federation two days before an emergency Congress at which 106 countries voted against hold, holding a re-election, um, uh, in so doing, offering a, a four-year mandate to the Russian president who has secured Gazprom sponsorship, upon which EBA is almost entirely dependent, kind of tells its own story in a way. Um, and I don't know that... I suppose, like, similarly to what we're saying about the professional boxing conversation that we've just had, there's nothing really to stop this from happening. The only thing in the past that would have stopped it from happening would be the looming threat of being funded out of the Olympic Games. But Umar Kremlev, the Russian president, who was recently pictured alongside Vladimir Putin at the launch of a boxing center in Moscow, is taking this organization on an almost 
and the Olympic crusade. And he's speaking out against the Olympics. He believes that uh, amateur boxing should be known as, say, amateur boxing and not Olympic boxing. Um, he has managed to secure the support of many, many smaller countries whose boxing outlook does not consider the Olympics to be the be-all and end-all because they don't tend to win medals at those uh, games every four years anyway. And he's consolidated his position while maintaining an anti-Olympic stance. Um, so if the only threat was that the IOC might boot you out and you're basically flipping the bird at the IOC, then you're home and home to really, aren't you? You sure are. Uh, it's quite something. So we are out of time. Thank you very much for all that. Thanks, Miljo. Anytime. Gavin Casey from the 42 updating us on the Ben Eubank situation and uh, amateur boxing not in a good place.